This is the GGC Life Podcast. This morning, I want to unpack the subject of faith uh, briefly with you. But before, before I do, I came across this precious, precious, um, funny uh, kind of story that I want to read with you this morning. It says, a kindergarten teacher was walking around observing her class room of children while they were drawing pictures. As she got to one girl who was working diligently, she asked what the drawing was. And the girl replied, I'm drawing God. The teacher paused and said, but no one knows what God looks like. Without looking up from her drawing, the girl replied, they will in a minute. <laughs> they will in a minute. Bill Johnson says, faith doesn't deny a problem's existence, it denies its place of influence. He also says faith offends the stationary. How amazing is that? Martin Luther King Jr. said that faith is taking the first step even when you don't see the whole staircase. Billy Graham said this, the greatest legacy one can, one can pass to one's children and grandchildren is not money or other material things accumulated in one's life, but rather a legacy of character and of faith. Whether we realize it or not, faith is so fundamental to our Christian walk. Amen. The sinner is saved by faith. The believer or the righteous shall walk by faith. It says in Habakkuk, whatever we do apart from faith is sin. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Hebrews 11.6. Paul defines faith as one of the three chief Christian virtues in 1 Corinthians 13. If you're thinking for a moment, where on earth is she going? I want you to hold and tag along because I'm about to unpack faith with you and your children. So what is faith? Well, according to dictionary.com, the word faith is referred to belief in something despite lacking any evidence for it. But that is not biblical faith. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the assurance. You, you might have a slide there. Faith is the assurance. The word assurance means it's the substance, it's the support, it's the confidence, it's the title deed, it's the confirmation, it's the evidence of things hopeful. Just as our physical eyes uh, gives us sight to the physical realm, faith gives sight to the unseen realm. I want to say this morning. Now the term hope, we said faith is the substance of things hopeful. Now when we hear the word hope, hope with Christianity is not the same as natural hope. I mean, natural hope is that we could hope that our favorite team wins or we hope that it doesn't rain today or my son Ezekiel can hope that he's going to get a car from his nonna. Only joking. But anyway, he could only hope, right? That's natural hope and it's worldly hope. However, biblical hope includes zero uncertainty, it's a divine guarantee is how hope is defined. 
it's confidently expecting and waiting patiently that God would do what he said he would do. Amen. Hebrews 11 goes on to say, it is the evidence of things not seen. It's talking about, in a nutshell, faith means believing in a God even though you cannot see him and believing he would do what he, would, he said he would do. Amen? So, there are quick seven things I'm going to unpack with you. It's going to be very short, but it's going to be very interactive this morning. Number one. Faith is what saves us. If you're taking notes, write down, faith is what saves us. And it enables us to have a relationship with Jesus. Ephesians 2.8 clearly states, it is by grace you have been saved through faith. Our children first and foremost need to know that we have been saved by faith. It is relying entirely on what Jesus did on the cross for you and I. And putting our faith on Jesus, we receive forgiveness for our sins, right? So kids in the room, can I get your attention for a second? Think about when you have misbehaved for a second, think about the last time you said no to your parents when they had asked you to do something. Think about fighting with your siblings. Think about pushing your sibling over or just roughing them up or somebody at school kind of thing. But then a few minutes later, you realize that it was wrong and you said sorry to them. How does that make you feel? It makes you feel sad. I hope it makes you feel good because you just, uh, what I'm trying to say is that, you know, when somebody says they forgive you for what you have done, it makes you feel good, right? Okay, so what I'm about to do is Jess and Ezekiel and um, Alicia, could you hand those things out for kids. If you're a child in the room, could you please stand up, please? I have something for you. You're going to do something. It's an interactive service. Please make sure the chocolate's in the bag. You've got to ask your parents before you can consume them. Okay. In Luke chapter 7, we see Jesus said to a woman, your sins have been forgiven. He does not pat Judah in the back and said, Judah, well done for pushing your sister over. Rather, he says, your sins have been forgiven because he said, I am so sorry for doing what I have done, right? Grown-ups, I'm talking to you right now. Jesus is saying, your sins have been forgiven you. You know, it says in 1 John 1, 9, it says, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all our sins. Right now, I want you to take a moment and out of that bag, there's a blank piece of paper and a pencil. I want you to draw Jesus forgiving you. I want you to draw Jesus forgiving you. Jesus is saying your sins have been forgiven and washed white as snow. Amen? Amen. Number two, what we need to know about 
faith is that faith is a gift. Ephesians 2, 8 talks about it. 1 Corinthians 12, 9. Romans 12, 3. John 6, 44. Can I have Liz and her beautiful daughter, Juliet, come up for a second? I said this is an... Give them a hand, please. I said this is an interactive service. Juliet, are you ready to read that scripture for me? Okay. Can you read it from Ephesians 2.8? Yes. For it is not by the grace you have been saved though through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by the works so that no one can boast. So what did we read? Faith is a gift right? Faith is a gift. Number two, what we need to realize is that faith is a gift. So Liz, you know how much I love you, right? You mean the world to me. You've been there. You've been there so much through thick and thin. And I just want to bless you with something and I want to give you something and I want to say to you that I love you and I appreciate you and I want to give you this gift. You know it's not my birthday, right? (laughs) I know that, but I just want to give you a gift. It's not Christmas. It's not, I haven't, honestly, I haven't done anything. I haven't done anything. I understand that, but it's a free gift. I want to give it to you. Honestly, I'm so confused right now, but I, I haven't got anything to give you. You don't have to give me anything. All you have to do is receive this gift. I'm still lost. If, like, did, did I miss something? Did, I, did, I, did you tell me? Because I didn't bring my anything. I didn't do anything. Juliet, can I ask you a question? Would you accept this gift from me? Yes. Thank you. Awesome. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Juliet, you go enjoy that gift, all right? Faith is a gift. It's a free gift given by God to you. All you have to do is stretch out and be childlike like Juliet and receive that gift. Amen? It was, wasn't it weird when um, Liz started asking, can I do something for you? Oh, I haven't bought anything for you. Faith is a gift. Our children need to know that this, say, this gift of faith is undeserved, but it's granted to us by our Heavenly Father. Amen? If salvation was a result of our own works, then we would have something to boast about, but it's not. It's all Him and what He has done on the cross. And He's saying to you and I today, here it is. You receive it by faith. You stretch out, you open up your hand and say thank you, right? Okay, number three, faith can grow. The third point under seven things we need to know about faith is that faith 
can grow. We need to teach our children that growing faith is a lifetime process that starts with saving faith. With saving faith. So, I want to give you four things under how do we grow our faith. We grow our faith through hearing the Word of God. Romans 10, 17 says, So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Uh, Actually, the Passion Translation puts it this way. Faith then is birthed in a heart that responds to God's anointed utterance of the anointed one. So when I say faith comes by hearing, I'm not talking about just hearing an audio message of the Bible. It's talking about the Rima Word of God. It's talking about when you open up the Word of God and God speaks to you and all of a sudden the light is switched on. All of a sudden you understand what He's talking, uh, what He's saying into your situation and your circumstances. Amen. Our faith grows through hearing the Rima Word of God. Disease is healed when we hear the Rima Word of God. Problems are solved when we hear the Rima Word of God. Our worldview changes when we hear the Rima Word of God. So under the third point, the second point, I know this is confusing, we grow through believing God's Word. Amen? Romans 10, 9 through to 10 says... It is one thing to hear, but it's also another thing to believe. When we read God's word, do we actually believe the word of God? When it says that by his stripes you have been made healed, that the plans I have for you are to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. I'm telling you, when my mama, I know she's watching online, When my mom calls me up and says, Christine, I want you to go out today. I want you to buy five kilos of chicken and I want you to make a massive pot of curry and give to your children. I trust her word. She says, I'll deposit money into your account. I trust her because I have a relationship with God. Right? So what I'm saying this morning, how do we believe God's word? By spending time with him and trusting what he said is to be true. Amen. We grow through speaking the word. 2 Corinthians 4.13 says, It is written, I believe, therefore I have spoken. Since we have the same spirit of faith, we also believe, therefore we speak. Paul and his companions faced so many hardships. You know, they were shipwrecked, they experienced hunger and thirst and nakedness. It seemed like God was against Paul. Even the uh, Christians in Corinth were tempted to abandon the gospel that Paul preached. But Paul kept ministering because he believed in something far more than his present circumstances. To put it differently... His belief motivated his behavior and his confession. Our confession is important. I'm not saying that we have to deny the fact that we are going through something. But the moment we align our words to what God says about our circumstances, it changes the way uh, things into the future happen. We need to align our words and our action to our confession. Amen. 
So, number four, point four, things we should know about our faith. Faith can fail. In Luke 22, 31 to 34, Jesus predicts Peter's denial. Peter had failed number of times. Do you, how many of you know that? When Peter tried to walk on water, guess what? He started sinking because he allowed fear to enter into him, right? We got to tell our kids it's okay if our faith fails, but we need to grow and learn from it, right? So... I want to say that number five, faith requires action. Hebrews chapter 11 recalls many of the most beautiful people in this chapter about what they did, you know, about their faith and the actions that produce through faith. Our children need to understand that authentic faith results in action. Charles Bodine was a tightrope walker who lived in 1824. And the story is told that as he walked across the rope, stretched across the Niagara Falls, carrying and pushing various objects, you know, people were at awe as he was walking this tightrope. On July 15th, Bodine asked his audience, do you believe I can carry a person in a wheelbarrow across the Niagara Falls? And the audience replied, yes, you can. Then he asked them, which one of you are willing to get in the wheelbarrow? (laughs) And everyone shouted, no, we're not going to get in. It's one thing to say, you know, we believe in something. It's another thing, uh, not acting on it right? Our faith requires action. One practical example is the woman in Mark chapter 5, the woman with the issue of blood, she reached out and touched the hem of Jesus's garment to be healed. She did not ponder about, oh my gosh, you know, is this healing theology correct? Should I act upon it? Should not not act upon it? She knew that Jesus's words were real. So she reached out and touched the hem of his garments. Can I ask Brendan and Rockwell to come up for this next point? I want to say faith is not blind. Faith means trust. Can I have the, 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 I think that's there. So, you know, faith is not blind, but it means trust. Ezekiel, can I have a chair as well? If you want, you can use this. Would you explain? Do you want to explain what you're going to Okay. <laughs> so, Brendan and Rockwell is going to demonstrate what uh, uh, it means by faith is not blind, faith means trust, right? Because some, you and I know that we cannot see faith, but we need to trust the person that's leading us and guiding us, right? So, I'm going to let Brendan and Rockwell talk to one another. Brendan is going to blindfold Rockwell and going to instruct Rockwell. You and I constantly need to hear the Father's voice. 
If we're in tune to the Father's voice, I know you and I will step out and do what God will tell us to do in faith. (laughs) Nothing, man, nothing. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Brendan, let's go with Rocky. All right, so I'm going to give you some instructions. You're going to have to trust me. Do you trust me? Yes. Why do you trust me? Because you're my father and you wouldn't hurt me. Alright, right, spin around. One, two, three, stop. Alright, can you take two steps to the right? Yep, that was one, <laughs> two. Now to your right again, can you take three? And now, can you take two to the left? And now you're going to take four to the right, but can you make the fourth one a bit smaller? Just so we don't fall. (laughs) Small. All right, can you take three more? Forward. (laughs) One to the left. And now sit down. (laughs) (laughs) One second. Okay, so they're going to demonstrate another example of what it means to have faith. Faith is not blind. But it trusts. (laughs) Thank you. This is a little gift for you. (laughs) All right. So what I'm trying to say, (laughs) number six, faith is not blind. Faith means trust. You and I need to understand that sometimes, you know, you know, we can't see things, but we have to trust our Father. The word faith and trust, if you look up the dictionary, you know, they're both the same. They coincide with one another. Faith means trust. Number seven, faith doesn't make sense at times. In our walk with God, faith don't always make sense. When he asked Moses to lift up his staff over the sea, it didn't make sense, right? Neither did it when he asked Noah to build the ark in the middle of no flood season. When he asked Abraham to sacrifice his only son, which he's been waiting for a long time, it made no sense. God asked the Israelites to march around Jericho seven times. It didn't make sense. He asked Samson's parents not to cut Samson's hair. It didn't make any sense. He asked the virgin girl to carry the Messiah. It didn't make sense. He asked the disciple to feed the 5,000. It didn't make sense. Faith sometimes doesn't make sense. 
Here we are thousands of years later, still reaping the benefits of those men and women who, you know, stepped out in faith and honoured God. Today, you and I are stepping out. If you call this place your home, today, you and I are stepping out in faith with this building. We're stepping out and, you know, going after our inheritance, which God has spoken to us about through Rima, hearing and hearing, you know, by the Word of God. That's how faith comes. Sometimes it may not make sense. Sometimes taking on this building, you know, sometimes I wonder, does it feel, it feels like Noah, you know, God asking him to build a boat, but it doesn't make sense because there's no rain in sight. There's no storm coming. He's asking us to take on this building, but how, Lord? But it's not how. We to figure out. We just need to step out and do what God has called us to do. God will never ask us to do something contradicting to Scripture, but He'll most likely ask us to do something contradicting to our logic. Are we ready to step out in faith? Could I ask Evangeline and um, Andre to come up at the moment, please? I remember when I was at youth group being told that being a Christian is a whole body affair. It affects your head, your heart, your hands, your feet, your voice. Faith is more than just head knowledge. It's more than just saying, Jesus, I love you. It's more than just doing the right thing. It is all encompassing with body, spirit, thought, word, deed and act. I want to read to you Hebrews 11. It says, And what more could I say to convince you, glorious gospel church? For there is nothing, there is not enough a time to tell you of the faith of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, the prophet. Through, through faith's power, they conquered kingdoms and established through, uh, uh, true justice. Their faith fastened onto their promises and pull them into reality. It was faith that shut the mouths of lions, put out the power of the raging fire and caused many to escape certain death by the sword. Although weak in their faith, impart a power to make them strong. Faith sparked courage within them and they became mighty warriors in battle. I believe faith will cause you to do some things that are undignified and crazy and outside of logic, but we should not be afraid, especially if we've heard God, you know, speaking to us. It's, I want to say this morning that God is saying to us all, including myself, would you step out? Would you launch out in faith, corporately in our togetherness, and individually, because you cannot do life without faith. He's saying, would you step out of the boat? Would you walk on water? Because I need you to walk on water for all the things and all the other people that need to come into the kingdom. And he needs you to conquer lions. He needs you to conquer your fear, whatever it is. But he's asking you to step out. I'm going to get Dre and Evangeline, but can we be prayerful for a second?
to our feed, please. Evangeline, where are you going? Stay for it. Quick, Vange. 
Spirit, lead me. Well, my trust is with our borders. Let me walk upon the water. Angeline, could you pray for us? Father God, I just thank you so much for being who you are and being our Lord and our Saviour, Lord God. I just thank you that you came down as a human, Lord God, as your creation, and you came down and you bore our sickness, you bore our sin, you bore our suffering, Lord God, on that cross, Lord God. And I thank you that now, today we can stand here, we can worship you, Lord God. There's nothing that keeps us between you, Lord, keeps us from you, Lord God, because that veil is torn. And we just were able to sit in your presence, and I just thank you for that. I just thank you that no matter how rough the storm's feeling, no matter how high the wave is getting, I just thank you that we can call upon you, Lord God, and you are there, Lord God. There's there's nothing that can't pull us out from the water, like how when Peter was walking on water and he was drowning, but the Lord reached out his hand and he said, Peter, why do you have little faith? So even when we seem it seems like we're drowning, I just thank you, Lord God, that you're there to save us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thanks for listening to the GGC Life podcast. We hope you feel encouraged. Be blessed.